I've had three cups in the last hour, so we'll see how that goes. I haven't had enough cups to call for any more coffee. Crap, we're recording and now I'm really embarrassing. Now I can't stop talking. I'm really, really nervous. Oh my god, we gotta stop. There's our intro right there. The funny thing is that I can't say ghosts. I have to, like, I have ghosts. Oh, you have to, like, say it slow? I have to, like, Because if not, it's, like, ghosts. I don't put the T in there. Ghosts. Go. <laughs> you want to see some ghosts? Welcome to All My Ghosts, a podcast where we discuss the paranormal and speak with those who've had their own encounters with the supernatural. I'm Chris. And I'm Eric. We're your hosts, the two dudes who are going to lead you on this journey of creepy, scary things. On a normal episode, Eric and I will sit down with a guest to talk about experiences they've had with anything from ghosts to aliens to Bigfoot and everything in between. But this isn't a normal episode. It's our first episode. So instead of having a guest, Chris and I are going to talk to each other about our own experiences, how they've shaped what we believe in and what we don't. All right. So um, we've been planning this for a little while, right? And... The funny thing is that we've been planning this, but we haven't really talked about what we believe in and what we don't believe in, right? Right. So, I know that you probably believe in ghosts. Yes. But is there anything that you don't necessarily believe in? I gotta say, I'm pretty open-minded to a lot of stuff, so even things that I don't necessarily believe in, I don't also discredit either. Okay, so if somebody, like, let's just, uh, you're from New Jersey. And so, like, I'm sure you've probably heard of, like, the Jersey Devil. Yes. Do you believe in that? I don't believe that there's some little rat or squirrel with some... Is that what it is? I know, I don't know. It, it looks like a small, I don't know, rat-type thing with some devil horns and a cape on it. Like, I don't believe... It... It looks like that, but I believe the folklore and that there could be something like that out there, maybe? So, I try to be the same way. There are a few things that I don't think I believe in. What, what We're both open-minded. We both are uh, open to the idea that like anything is possible, I think, if, is a really yeah. dumb way of putting it. Is there anything that you personally just say, like, no, that's not possible, I don't believe in that? I really... I really, I really don't know because I believe in a lot of that stuff. I mean, it might sound more far-fetched of like a Bigfoot roaming around or something, but I'm still open to the, the idea that it could exist. I, it's funny, okay, it's funny that you say Bigfoot because I think even though I am very open-minded, I feel like Bigfoot, Sasquatch, whatever you want to call it, that's probably the top of my list of things that like I would not believe in. Even though I'm open-minded, and if, if it were real, then I'd be like, yeah, okay, totally. But it's... Like, part of me says it's completely false, it's all it's all fake, it's just a big ape in a costume or something, or a big person in a costume. But at the same time, I'd like to have that feeling that maybe something out there does exist, and maybe these people aren't crazy, and what they've seen and what they've shown is true. 
And I think having that idea that something else out there could exist is kind of exciting. Um, yeah, I, it is exciting and I a hundred percent agree with you. Here's my issue. I'm going to explain why I don't think I believe in Bigfoots. Um, okay. So back in the day when you had these like videos or photos that would show up on, I don't know, like investigation TV shows or on websites or whatever, it was back when people would have, like, their little handheld video cameras or their disposable cameras. Yeah. And, like, it's always, like, a really blurry, fuzzy photo because that's, like, the best quality they could get. But now we're living in a day and age where literally you're constantly carrying a camera and, like, a video recorder in your pocket. So why aren't there more... And, and that, better that's evidence. That's what gets me too. We have we have things like drones that can take aerial shots. We have thermal cameras. We have different things that can pick up body heat and and things like that. And yet we can't find something that is supposedly out there. That's what gets me too. Is that we have all this equipment and this technology, and yet we still can't find any actual evidence. And that's what I think is what strays me the most. And it it may be a situation, I don't know how many people are trying to find evidence of a Bigfoot out there. I don't know where these big feet would be, but like my, like, my thought automatically goes to places where you can't necessarily go everywhere, like national parks. You can't just yeah. go to Yosemite and like walk the whole thing. You know, there's parts that people go to and there's parts that people don't. So it would make sense if there was something that didn't want to be found, that it would be in places where people don't go. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of country and mountains and woods and wilderness that we can't get to both because they're either blocked off or because we physically cannot get to them because they're in the middle of a state or in the middle of a mountain. So there's a lot of places that we have not been able to discover or explore. So that also leads to the question, like, you know, is there something out there that, that we haven't seen because we can't get there. Yeah, and that actually, it reminds me because back in October, I was in Colorado, and we went, the group I was with, we went hiking in um, Rocky Mountain National Park. And the whole thing, you drive and you like park on the side of the road, and you walk through a gate, and you're just in the wilderness. Like you're in... Right. There's real, there was barely even a trail. It was like a trail that had been worn by people walking. Um, but you didn't like, you didn't go off the trail because we, yeah. there were, I mean, we found animal bones that had been picked clean by, I don't even know, like cougars or whatever. And here's the thing. Like we kept seeing elk and, um, elk are super dangerous. And so like, we didn't try to get close to them, but as we were walking, through this trail and we would get into parts of the trail that were like foresty and like on the side of a mountain, we would just hear things howling in the distance. And like some of these noises were, even though like we were pretty sure they were elk noises, they were terrifying noises. Yeah. And so like none of us were about to go off the trail and try to figure out what it was. So again, that kind of goes to the idea of like, yeah, you can go to national parks but you can't explore everywhere. If there's something out there, we don't always know. And maybe it was a Bigfoot howling. I don't know. 
I don't, I don't know. I guess part of me also doesn't know how I would react if I saw something like that. Um, yeah, I've also wondered that too. Like, there are people that are out there trying to explore, you know, Bigfoot or Sasquatch or whatever. But if there was, if they ran into something, what would they do? Are you going to shoot it? Are you going to try to take a picture? Or are you going to be too scared and run? Like, I think a lot of people just hype it up, but then what would they do if they actually encountered it? If it's if it's this big, scary monster, it could kill them, and are you willing to take that chance, too? Or are you just going to run and save yourself? Do we have cameras that are capable of taking 4K Ultra HD video? I don't know what any of that means. <laughs> it's just super clear, super HD, high definition. But the clips that we always see out there are, like, taken on what looks like a shaky flip phone camera. Because, you know, I mean... We have the technology to take such clear video, but we're taking such shaky, grainy video that looks like it could be something from a flip phone or an old camcorder. Well, and I don't even know, like, I don't actively go looking for Bigfoot footage, like, on YouTube or anything. But is any of it from now when we do have clear yeah, video. I, I, the, like the TV shows, the documentaries that I've seen, even some of the clips that are more recent in like the later 2000s, even them, they're, they're shaky, they're grainy, they're, they're from a, a distance, they're far away, and it's just like, is that the best you can get if you're trying to convince an audience that there's something there? Can you please get a better quality video or footage to just show us? So we've, t we've talked, and we're going to talk more in depth about how like I have had experiences with ghosts what I believe to be ghosts but like I don't think I'll ever have an experience with something more concrete like a Bigfoot if I was out there camping and there were these howling noises and I could see like creepy stuff in the woods I would know I would like abort mission I'm out get me my cell phone and my car keys and I'm yeah. driving out of here like no I just I I feel like that's like a death wish waiting to happen. It's like the Blair Witch Project. I will not go into the woods by myself because I don't want to get eaten by a Sasquatch or the Blair Witch. And like, I say that too, but at the same time, I'm like, if I came up to an abandoned house in the woods, which I have, I might be inclined to check it out. Um, like you did myself. yesterday. <laughs> like I did yesterday, but I was with three, four other people. I wouldn't do it by myself because I don't want to die. I have, like, I have explored places like that by myself. When I was living um, in Indianapolis, there was a college campus that if you went back into the woods behind it, there were, like, all of these old stone buildings that uh, had been abandoned, and they were, like, flooded and falling down, and they were just, like, the, the, the vibe that they gave off was really, really creepy, and, of course, I went out there and was taking pictures and stuff in the middle of the day. Like, I would never go out there at night. And then, of course, the, I didn't go back after the time I found, like, it was a deer leg, like, nailed to a tree. But when I saw the deer leg nailed to the tree, I was just like, okay, I'm done. The leg still had, like, meat on it. So it couldn't have been there for a really long time or else it just would have been bone. Like, it was like... And I'm like, where did they get a deer leg? Whoever did this, like, yeah. you don't just like find a deer leg laying in the woods. Maybe you do. Like, I don't know. But like, is it just homeless people, or is it like some type of like satanic cult, or is it a bunch of college kids like just trying to prank and scare someone? You're like, I'm not willing to take that chance. So, 
Yeah, it's always it's always safe not to do anything by yourself, especially if you're going in the woods. I had that happen to me one time where I was going. Oh, I went into into the woods on this one trail just to take pictures and stuff, and I ended up encountering a bear that was climbing down from a tree that was above me. And I took a picture of it before I ran away, but I was by myself, and I did things like run away, which I probably shouldn't have, and it's just probably better to not go into the woods by yourself, because if you get attacked by a bear or by a satanic cult or something, you need to have someone else there with you. So, um, switching gears a little bit, have you had any experiences with anything that you would say, like, yes, this was absolutely paranormal, and you, like, it makes you believe in something? Yes. It was when a friend of mine and I went to Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, and that was the first time I've actually witnessed something somewhat paranormal. And this is, this is Eric, right? Yes. Like, not you, Eric, the other Eric, who we're going to talk to in a future episode. Actually, probably our next episode, so don't give away too many details. Yeah, he could probably, uh, he was more hyped on it than I was. He could probably tell more. But there were just some things that had happened in the woods, of course, that I cannot explain. There were some noises that we heard, um, and just the overall feeling and atmosphere of that area was just really weird feeling. Was it, was it in the cemetery or, like, the battlefield? It was it was behind the cemetery in this little this little wooded area that they say they got a lot of activity from that they they've seen things they hear things um, and it's right in the middle of a lot that's going on and like next to it is a high school and they said that they found one one time when they were doing some construction on the high school they were they were putting bleachers in on a field or something and they dug in the ground they found like a, a mass burial ground or something that they didn't even know existed from like the war yeah from the war and they didn't know there was a mass burial ground there so that was very close to the woods so i think there's a lot of uh there's a lot of feeling and a lot of energy in that area i think i think what happened was real and that was that was probably my my only first experience so what makes you believe in stuff I think I think a lot of it has sparked from like TV shows like Ghost Adventures, uh, <laughs> Paranormal Encounters, all those different shows. But I think just when even if the shows were fake, just watching it and and believing it was something that I think has always sparked my interest and kind of like made it more interesting to to learn about and to find out about. And then when you have an experience that is like something that you had only seen on TV or in movies, it's kind of like a whole different feeling and it makes you think a lot differently than, than you used to. But it's like interesting to, to, to think that, you know, something had happened or is going to happen. Yeah. And for me, I think a lot of it is just like, go with your gut instinct there are times when i've been like no that's super fake and, and you gotta think too like where they're going like they're going to places that have like a lot of trauma like a mental hospital or a jail or you know a place of a murder scene or something you gotta understand that like a lot of stuff had happened there so it wouldn't be surprising if you got some type of reading or experience or encounter because there's a lot of negative energy tied to that area or that spot i don't I believe that, like, houses or buildings or whatever can be haunted, but I also believe that people can be haunted, if that makes sense. 
I believe that. Yeah. Um, everywhere that every house that I have lived in since actually like before my birth, since my mom was pregnant with me, has had something happen. Something has been going on to make us say oh, wow, this place is haunted or whatever it is. I don't even know if I like to use the word haunted. But um, it's funny because right now I am currently living across the street from the house that I was born in or born with it. I wasn't born in the house. But they've told me these stories about what happened in this house while they were living there. My dad is a, like, skeptic. Or at least I always thought he was a skeptic growing up. Yeah. But even he admits, like, weird stuff happened in this house. And he has, like, no words for or, or explanations for. Well, and that was always the thing growing up, because always living somewhere where something happened, he would always say, like, oh, there's an explanation for this. There's an explanation right. for this. But he had no explanation, no explanation for the stuff that was happening in this house. 30 years later, they are adamant that something was not right there. So when they moved in, they said that they had, like, these sweet old neighbors who, and this was 19, like 1986, 1987. So these old old people would come to the house like almost every day. Like they, they would knock on the door and my dad would be at work and my mom would open the door and my, my older sister who was like four or five years old at the time would be there. And these this old couple would always just say like, are you guys doing okay? Like, are you are you all right here? Mm-hmm. And my mom would be like, I mean, yeah, we're we're fine. Like... She didn't think too much about it at first, but then these old people started, like, making up excuses to come over. So they would, like, come, they would knock on the door, and they would have, uh, my mom said they would always have bananas, and they would say, like, oh, well, we picked up some bananas at the grocery store for your daughter, and we wanted to bring them by. And then they would always start saying, like, are you okay? You know you can always come to our house if if thing if you know if everything's not okay. And they would never elaborate on why they would say that. Right. But my mom started just getting kind of creeped out by it. And again, it was the 80s when neighbors were, you know, neighborly. She just said it was like that was like the first really strange thing that it was like they knew something that they weren't telling my family. Right. Right. And then um weird stuff started happening. My mom said that um, every night at midnight, like exactly midnight, the telephone would ring. And it would ring once and never again. If you couldn't answer it on that first ring, you wouldn't, there wouldn't be anybody there anyway. But she said that like, even when they answered it, like on the first ring, there was nobody there. It was just like a deadline. So they um, started, they called the phone company to ask them, you know, is something up with our phone lines? Is there, are you guys working on them? Is there an issue? This is happening literally every night. Um, and the phone company said like, we can't see any record of anybody calling you at that time ever. And so like, again, they were like, okay, that's weird, but it's not unexplainable. Like, you know, it could be anything. It could be a short in the line. It could be whatever. It could be, I think, like, what, mixed signals or anything like that. Yeah, and that's where you're going to find a way to disprove it or or debunk it, you know, from whatever it is. Yeah, and they would just try to rationalize it because they didn't... And I think it's important to say that, like, my dad had never had anything in his life paranormal before that. But my mom... And why would that be his first thing, you know, why would that be his first thing to think of, you know, oh, it's, you know, immediately think it was paranormal instead of just the phone being, you know... 
glitchy or something. Yeah, and then, and again, like, my mom said that growing up, like, they did have some experiences in places that they lived, but it wasn't all the time. And so, um, they kept, you know, they kept living there. They just kept going on about their lives normally. And then my dad, of course, he worked, um, as like a a mechanic. And so he was working like seven to five. And so my mom and sister were home alone all day and they would like go shopping or just whatever, you know, because my sister wasn't in school yet and my mom wasn't working. So they would go to the store and then it started getting to where when they would come home from the store all of the doors and windows in the house would be open. No way. Yeah. And so, like, they were really confused about it. They would come home, and it wasn't like the door was cracked open. It was every single door, every single window was as far open as it would go. That's insane. And it's happened more than once. And I think that was really the thing that made them say, like, something is wrong here. Yeah. Um... And of course, it's it's before the times where you could have those interactive doorbells or the nanny cams or something where you could record some of this. Yeah, and of course, like their first thought was automatically like, "Is someone breaking into our house?" That's what I would have thought too. Yeah. But then the question was like, "Why are they opening every single door and every single window and leaving sure. it open?" Nothing's stolen and everything's in the right spot. Then what is it? Yeah, exactly. And this, and keep in mind, this is still when the neighbors were stopping by to check on them. But from what I could figure out, like, they were... It was almost like they were embarrassed to say, like, okay, yeah, something isn't isn't right here. Um, so they kind of just let it go. And then um, my dad's razor started disappearing, which doesn't seem like a big deal. But, like, my dad, you know, would shave every day because his beard grows really fast. And he would get up in the morning to go to work and he would always leave his razor laying on like the edge of the sink and he would get up to go to the bathroom to shave and the razor wouldn't be there. And he would look for it and look for it for literally days at a time. And like my mom would go to the store and buy him a new razor. And then the next morning it would be laying on the kitchen, on the bathroom sink. And it was just one of those things where again, it's like, oh, he could have misplaced it, but how did it end up back where it should have been? Yeah. And it's it it's so I I could only imagine how ner- like how annoying it was for them to have all of these things happen that could be rationally explained. But you're thinking to yourself, okay, did I misplace it? All right, no, I didn't misplace it, but where is it? And then you start to kind of lose control of yourself, and you're like, all right, am I like? Am I going nuts? Like, am I going nuts? Like, I know I put it there, and now it's not there, but now it's there again. You know, like, and I, how do you rationally rationalize that or, or think about that? Yeah, and like it just stuff kept getting worse and worse and worse while they lived there. I think like kind of the icing on the cake. My mom was still pregnant with me. I hadn't been born yet. And so my mom said that she and my sister were sitting in the living room watching TV and my mom like you know you get that feeling like you're being watched. Yep. My mom got that feeling and she looked up and there was a and she swears to this day there was a woman standing in in the hallway. Like, just watching her and my sister. And so, um, and she described me, like, that she was, like, what she was wearing. She described me what she looked like. So her first instinct is to, like, confront this woman. So she gets up and is like, hey, what are you doing here? Because it wasn't, like, she described her, she was wearing, like, a red and white dress. Very, you know, like, of the times of what a dress would look like. It wasn't, like, Victorian or anything like that. Right, right. 
like, you know, you think of a ghost in a dress and you think, like, a dress from a hundred years ago. She said it was, like, yeah. very modern. And so when she gets up to confront this woman, the woman turns around and just walks down the hallway and into um, the bedroom in the back of the house. And so my mom follows her because she's like, where are you going? Why are you in our house? And so my mom like chases her down the hallway and she said she couldn't have been more than like five seconds behind her going into this bedroom. And when she went into the bedroom, the woman was gone. She said she checked the windows, the windows were locked. So the only thing out of place was that the closet door was like cracked open a little bit, but she opened the closet and looked inside and there was nobody in there. In there. And so that was kind of the thing where she said like, where did, who was this woman? Where did she go? It just really freaked them out. And I think they... I don't know what year exactly. I know I was born when they moved, but they didn't stay there too long after that. And then what... I think it was maybe 10 years ago. So I... You know, they they hadn't lived in that house for 20 years. A guy that um, was... Who was a regular person who came to the... Um, like the mechanic shop that my dad worked at came in and he said, hey, you used to live at, you know, blah, 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 this address, right? And my dad was like, yeah, 20 years ago. And he said, okay, well, my wife and I moved in there and did anything weird ever happen while you lived there? Really? And my dad was like, well, it depends on what you mean. Tell me what weird is happening. And I'm not even kidding. This guy explained to my dad the exact same stuff that was happening to my parents while they lived there. The guy's razor would disappear. Um, They would see a woman in the house, but then, like, she would be gone. And it was all this stuff that, again, my parents not wanting people to think that they're weird, they didn't tell this story outside of our family. they're not sharing it with anyone, especially some strangers that moved in 20 years later. Yeah, so, like, that really freaked them out that I think they kind of pushed it into the back of their mind, like, oh this all has logical explanations. But then when it happened to the same, like the exact same stuff was happening to somebody else who lived there. And like I said, I live across the street from this house now. And um, I've never actually met the neighbors that live there, but I was outside with my dog. It was probably about a year ago now. I hadn't lived here very long, but I swear that I heard the neighbors like who live there now outside talking about, like, oh, there's got to be a rational explanation for this. And, really? and like, I don't know what they were talking about. They could have been talking about literally anything. True. But I wanted to run across the street so bad and be like, no, it's ghosts. I swear it's ghosts. You need to move. Now, I got a question for you, though. Okay. Did you ever do any research on the house? Is there any news or anything behind the house that could explain maybe why there's something possibly attached to it? Well... No, I, like, since I don't even remember living there, like, it's one of those things where it's a story that's been passed down, you know, from our okay. our parents. I don't know if they ever looked into it. Um, if they did... I'm just curious now about, you know, if there's something, you know, does that history have, like, you know, some history, that house have some history to it, or... and that, Well, and that's part of why I think that things can follow people because like I said, my mom lived in places when she was younger, um, where weird stuff happened, like unexplainable stuff. And then everywhere that I have lived, weird stuff has happened. Growing up, it was, it was always like different stuff. I never felt like each house was the same 
entity or whatever you want to call it. Um, it was always like very like strikingly different things happening. So I don't know how how it all connects or if it all connects or if we've just been really unlucky and have always lived in like right, haunted right. houses. But I do know that when I, so growing up, all this weird stuff happened in all these different houses. Um, one house was particularly way worse than the others where to the point where like people who would come over for like holiday parties or whatever, they would experience stuff. Really? Um, so it wasn't even just us. It was like distant relatives. I have a, I call her my aunt. She's not my aunt. She's my mom's cousin. So I don't know what that makes her to me exactly. Like second cousin, I guess. And she, it's been one of those things where like nobody really talks about it, but everybody in the family believes that she has like some type of clairvoyant ability. Um, like, I don't want to say she's a full-blown psychic because I, again, I don't know if I believe in psychics, but, um, she came over and she was sitting in the dining room and she was like, there's something here. And I was like, what are you talking And like, of course, again, within my immediate family, me, my mom, my dad, and my sister, we had all talked about it because we'd all experienced things, right. but we hadn't told her. And she was like... She was just very adamant that something, there was a presence in the house and she did not like it. She said, and she said her words were, it doesn't like you. Um, And this was the house where um, I, I think the scariest thing that ever happened was I was, so I, you know, you were a teenager once. We were both teenagers. You would like, I don't know if you ever did this, but I would wake up. Like, I would get up in the middle of the night and I would, like, sneak on the internet and, like, you know, AOL instant messenger chat with my friends in the middle of the night. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, oh, we're so cool because it's 2 in the morning and we're, like, sneaking yeah, onto the yeah, internet. Yeah, I'm staying up late on AIM. I'm so cool. So I would do that and it would be, like, 3 or 4 in the morning and I would go to bed. And one night I started hearing, like, this thumping noise in the hallway. Yeah, and so, like, I w- I'm, at this point, a lot of weird stuff had happened in that house, so I was scared immediately, um, but it was, like, it was hard to explain what it sounded like, but it was, like, a stomp, and then, like, somebody, like, dragging something behind them. Really? Up and down the hallway. And okay. here, and, like, and since it was up and down the hallway, it wasn't like I could run to my parents' room and wake them up. Because whatever the noise was, was in the hallway. It was in the hallway. Um, and I couldn't, like, text them. This was before texting was a big thing. So before I, a lot of things, so... Yeah. And so I was laying there in bed, listening to this thumping, thudding noise going up and down the hallway, and then it just stopped. And I got this really terrified feeling that whatever it was was in the room with me. And so... And then, like, so I'm laying there in bed... I'm trying to just, like, close my eyes and go to sleep because whatever it is, I'm like, it'll go away. And then I start hearing this, like, really heavy, labored breathing at the foot of my bed. And, like, I'm getting chills telling you about it right now. But, like, that went on for, like, I don't know, two or three minutes. And then it just stopped and it was gone. I don't know. Like, that never happened again. I never had that exact same experience again. 
but but whatever it was like did not feel nice um it did not feel like it wanted to be my friend i guess and again i was like i would tell my parents about it but i was afraid of sounding crazy you know yeah i don't know like what are your thoughts on things like that well i i know if i were your age i was like 15 I, I even at that I would have been terrified. I probably would have just like just hit under the blankets and I wouldn't even know what to do. I'd probably just be paralyzed with fear because you know as a child you're probably just like going through your head like what could that be? What could that be? And you don't want to check it out, but you do want to check it out, but you're scared. So it it, it just it just surprises me that like it only happened once. But, and and like and that's the thing. Other things happened in that house, but that was the only time that happened. And I mean, I'm talking like, there was a, um, this is the house where there was a a bedroom in the basement. And, um, so my sister, you know, like we kind of fought over who got to live down there, but she was older. So she got to move down into the basement and it was almost like an apartment in the basement. It had like a living room and there was like a little, we had like a pool table. So there was like a little rec area and then there was a bedroom in the back. One night, so my sister, she she's about as skeptical as my dad because she, I think she's the type of person who needs concrete evidence of everything. Right. Um. So she, it was really weird because we fought over who got to live in the basement and then she immediately, like, after so many months, moved out of the basement. She was like, I'm not staying in the basement anymore. I didn't really care why because I wanted to live in the basement. Immediately, I moved into the basement, and weird stuff happened down there all the time. She, Her experience, eventually, I don't remember how many years later it was, but she told me why she moved out of the basement. And she said that she got up, and she woke up in the middle of the night one night, and um, there was a, a, a man walking down the stairs into the basement. Oh my god, really? Yeah, and she said that it was really weird, because you know when it's dark, but you can still see things? Yeah. So she said that it was weird because she couldn't tell, like, who it was or what they looked like. But she just had this feeling and she knew, like, it wasn't me or my mom or my dad. I was always afraid living in the basement. But I wanted that independence so bad. Like, it was almost like having your own apartment. So I would stay. And weird things would happen. I had this stuffed monkey that made, like howling monkey noises when you squeezed it Uh and I was laying in bed one night and it started making the noises no way yeah and I so like this was dolls freaked me out and 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 this was this wasn't even a doll it was a stuffed monkey it had like velcro hands so I had it hanging on like my doorknob of the bedroom it was making the monkey noises so like I what else could I do I got up and turned on the light to see, like, why it was making the noises. Yeah. And it had, it was on, so, like, it normally hung on the door handle, and it was laying on the exact opposite side of the room on the floor. No. And I didn't, like, I don't know how it got there. I don't know. Yeah. And so, like, it was really... But then also also think, like, okay, if this thing or whatever can move something as small and light as a stuffed animal what could it also possibly be able to do you know could it hurt me could it hurt someone else could it push something 
even heavier or more dangerous off, you know? Yeah. And and, I think, too, like, if it's capable of moving a stuffed animal, it could be capable of doing much more. I'm not saying that there is a connection, but both me and my mom fell down the basement stairs, like, several times living in that house. And so, like, you have to stop and think, like, oh, did something, like, push us? Like, I don't... Yeah. And then you think to yourself, you're like, when was I clumsy and did I just slip or did I trip or did I... Was there something... Did something push me or trip me or, you know, what what could it be? And then you start to, you know, then you overthink yourself and you're like, all right, was I pushed, you know? And this is... I've experienced them, so I can't... I can't vouch for those, but I would assume that it could be frightening to even think that something could have possibly tried to push you down the stairs. Well, and it got to the point, eventually nobody lived in the basement anymore. Like, I moved back upstairs too. and But it got to the point where I hated being in the basement. Because, like, I don't... You, like, we talked about getting the feeling that you're being watched. Yeah. That was a constant feeling in that basement. Like... I would be sitting on the couch watching TV down there and then like my attention would just get drawn to the easy chair in the corner. And it was like one of those things where you just keep staring at it because you know that there's something there. Yeah. And like, I never saw anything physically, but it was just like, I'm not alone right now. There's some, there's something over there. And I think the last straw for me living in the basement before I moved up was so my two best friends lived in the neighborhood and they only lived one street over so like we would alternate weekends staying at each other's houses and um they would walk over to like they would yeah they would walk through the street and come to my house and stay the night and um i remember that night we stayed up really really late talking about um like the wizard of oz conspiracy theory um, you know, where, like, the, the little person, like, hung themselves, supposedly? Oh, yes, yes. I've I, I watched that clip several times to try to figure that one out, too. And that's what we did. So we stayed up watching, like, trying to find the spot in the in the movie where it supposedly happened. Um, a couple hours later, my f- uh, one of the two friends woke, like, was shaking me, waking me up. And I woke up, and I was like, dude, what's going on? And he was like, I have to go home. You know, like, and I was really confused because it was like, five in the morning, six in the morning, whatever. Like it was not early enough to get up and go home. And, um, all he would say is I, I just, I need to go home. And then like, I would kind of question him about it. And I was like, why? And he was like, I'm sick. I just, I have to go home. I I got sick. I, I need to go. And I was like, did you like throw up? And he was like, no, just I'm going home. And it got to the point where he like packed his backpack and was going to walk home before the sun even came up because he didn't want to be in the basement anymore. Um, And so, like, I got him to wait around long enough to wake up my parents, and my dad just, like, drove him home, but he he didn't want to come over anymore after that. Like... Oh, my... Really? and And it was one of those things where something had to have happened between the time we went to sleep and the time that he woke me up and was like, I have to go. Um... And he never told you what this was? No, we, um, it was one of those things where, like, that was sixth grade-ish, so we were, like, 12, and we just kind of lost contact over the years because we moved again, and, um, we, I remember we weren't friends in high school, so I, like, at some point we just stopped, like, talking. 
And so, like, I, I haven't talked to him in 12 years or 15 years to ask him, like, hey, what actually happened that night? That's crazy, because now I'm wondering... I want to know what he what happened because he wasn't yeah, yeah. really sick. Like, like no. it was obvious yeah. that he was not really sick. I don't know. Like but I, I he do. We scared, you know, scared or worried, you know, that he'd come off as crazy or something if he tried to even remotely try to explain it to you. So he probably just figured it wasn't even worth it. No, I'm like I I'm like I love listening to these stories. I'm like I'm like getting goosebumps like hearing some of them because I'm like, well, and I'm like. I, Glad that wasn't me. <laughs> well, and you know, and it's weird because um, I'll tell one last story about when I moved to Indianapolis, which I think you've heard this one before, but people listening haven't heard this one before. I lived in a condo in Indianapolis for five years after college. So I, um, and I still, I actually still own the condo. My former roommates um, live there now. And they, they said, like, they've experienced little things there, but nothing crazy. Nothing crazy, okay. But while I was living there by myself before I had roommates, um, probably the scariest thing in my life to where I thought, like, I might die happened. I was actually afraid for my life, which is scary looking back on it thinking, like, oh, I thought I was going to die that night. Yeah. But, um, so like little things would happen. So I had a friend staying with me. He stayed with me for like six months while he did some training for his job. Cause he lived in another town, but they had him doing training in Indianapolis. So he stayed with me so he wouldn't have to drive back and forth every day. And he was a smoker, but I, so I would get up and go to work really early and he wouldn't have to be at work until noon. So he would still be asleep when I left. And so I was, you know, I was at work doing my thing and I got a text from him that was like, ha ha funny, I don't get it. And I had no idea what he was talking about. So I like, I texted him back and I was like, what are you, what are you talking about? What's, what's not funny? I don't understand. And he sent me a picture of the kitchen table and all of his cigarettes had been pulled out of the pack and were lined up next to each other. Like, no way. like they were just laying and like it's one of those things where it's weird, but it's at the same time, you're like, why? Cause they were all like the same, like an inch or so apart from each other, just laying spread out perfectly on the table. What? And he was like, he sent me the picture and he was like, I don't get it. What? Like, why did you do that? And like, the only thing I could send to him was like, I didn't. <laughs> and. Yeah. And of course it freaked him out and I don't know if he had any other experiences while he was staying there. He only stayed with me for six months and stuff wasn't happening all the time there. It wasn't like every night or, you know, I wasn't always scared. But the time that I thought I was going to die (laughs) was in that house. Um, That was the boiler story. Huh? I thought the boiler story was the time. No. So, um... Have we ever talked about sleep paralysis? Yes. Okay. Uh, I think we have. Okay. So, I have I've never had it in my life. I've had it twice to date. And it was both living in that house. And this was when I didn't have any roommates. I was living by myself. For anybody listening who doesn't know, sleep paralysis is basically where you wake up 
but you can't move. You're still sleeping. <laughs> you're like asleep, but you're not asleep. You can't move your body, but you're conscious of what's going on. A lot of people who experience sleep paralysis, and I'm one of them, um, claim to see like figures yeah. walking around. Or, like, figures standing in the corner and staring at them. Yeah, I've had an experience like that, too. And it was probably the most frightening thing I've ever experienced. You Did you have sleep paralysis? Yeah, I get it every now and then. It's it's rare, and it doesn't happen too often. But I the last time it happened, probably less than a year ago, it was... The, it was one of the most frightening experiences I've ever had. I woke up and I was in a panic. I could not stop breathing heavy, and I was I was shaking and I was terrified to go back to sleep. Did you see like the figures, like the people? I I remember um, I remember uh, I don't even know if it was part of the dream or or what, but I remember looking up at the ceiling and it was like this this gigantic shadowy figure looking down at me and i could not move and i remember i was so terrified i tried my hardest to scream and i and i my mouth was open and i tried to scream and i couldn't get anything out and i i i thought it was i thought i was being like smothered or something it was the most frightening experience i probably ever had well the first the first time for me so i was on my back when i woke up and again like you can't move it's weird. It's weird because it's not like you're tied down. It's just like your body doesn't work. Yeah. And so like I'm laying there and I can't move and there's this. I'm gonna say it was like a man-shaped figure, just pacing around the outside of my bed, like from one side to the other, back and forth. And I have no idea how long it happened. Like how long it went on for. I have no idea when it stopped. Which that's the, the weird thing about sleep paralysis and why a lot of people think you're just dreaming. Because for me, that time, there wasn't really a, an end point. Like, it just kind of was happening and then it wasn't happening anymore. Like, And, and there's, there's a very fine line that a lot of people talk about um, sleep paralysis. Whether uh, if people's paranormal experiences encounters while sleeping... If it's actually a real experience or if it's just a product of sleep paralysis, and a lot of people say it's not, but there are some people that say it is sleep paralysis. So I think there's a there's a very fine line that's hard to tell whether you're actually experiencing just sleep paralysis and a dream or if you're actually experiencing something more than that. But there's there's been some compelling compelling arguments about what sleep paralysis actually is, and it's really interesting to read up on and to learn more about. Um, if anybody's like interested, I like to like find more about it because it, it's it's very interesting but scary at the same time. Well, and yeah, and that's exactly what it was. Again, it happened to me twice. All the second time was the time I actually thought I was going to die, but I I did research it to an extent, and I actually stopped because literally all of these stories spanning years were the same and it was like whatever it is is happening to multiple people and to me that automatically says like it's not just like some weird phenomenon like it's happening to all kinds of people all the time there's some people right. that it happens to them like every night and there's some people that it like me it's only happened to them once or twice but my second time um, and this was before I started researching it. 
I woke up, um, it was like maybe six months after the first time it happened. So I hadn't like thought about it in a while. Um, I woke up on my stomach and I couldn't move. And I had this just like sense of terror that I was not safe. And of course, like, I remember very vividly that something um, had grabbed onto my ankle. But since I was on my stomach, I couldn't see what it was. Like, I couldn't turn him my head to look because you can't move. And what I remember was that, like, whatever it was, I knew, like, it's trying to drag me away. And it's weird how you, like, know that, but you're asleep, but you're not asleep, and you can feel it, but you can't feel it. So, like, this thing, whatever I'm experiencing is pulling on my leg. I remember vividly, like, my hands were on the sheets trying as hard as I could to grab the sheets to stay in bed. But, like, you can't move. So my hands were, like, there, but they couldn't grab a hold of the sheets. And then the next thing I know, I'm in my bedroom floor screaming. I don't know how I got onto the floor. And, like, this wasn't, like, on the floor like I rolled out of bed. This was, like, on the floor feet away from my bed. Like... I would say like three or four feet away. And it it was terrifying while it was happening, but it was more terrifying after it was over because I had no, like, I don't remember actually exiting the bed and like falling to the floor. But when I came out of the, the trance or whatever you want to call it, I was in the floor just screaming. And, and that was literally the most terrifying thing that's ever happened to me in my life. I went to dinner with my parents the next weekend and we're like sitting in this restaurant having dinner and my mom of course asked the question like is everything okay right. and I just like lose it. Like I I'm like holding back tears. I'm explaining to them everything that happened because I was so scared that I I told them I said I know that you're going to think I'm crazy but I have to tell you because I'm afraid. Right. And, um, they actually had like a really genuine response. And my mom said, like, you can, you can stay at home for as long as you need to. Like, you don't have to stay in that house. Yeah. But of course, like I, I had a job, <laughs> um, and my parents lived about 45 minutes away from where I was living. So I couldn't just pack up and leave. I had to stay there. I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know what else to say about it other than I was genuinely afraid that I was going to die. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So, and again, I don't know what I believe about sleep paralysis because there's so many different theories out there. And, and they, they actually don't really know much about it either. So the fact that they don't know much about it and then you know even less is not very comforting. Um, and again, this happened... Like, within the first year or so that I lived there. So I lived there for four more years with not much happening. Um, right. When I had two roommates by the time I moved out. And they said that they would, like, hear things or, like, see things out of the corner of their eye. But, like, they never thought much about it. And after that second time with the sleep paralysis, it's, it has, it's never happened to me again. But it was just so terrifying. Um, yeah, it's... A terrifying experience if you've ever had it 
And I just realized that we were talking about how this podcast is going to be like light and funny. And I'm sitting here talking about how I thought I was going to die. But um, it's part of the, it's part of the experiences and the stories that you want to share. So it's interesting. And, I'm, and maybe that there's someone out there listening saying, wow, I witnessed the same thing, too. Or I've been to the same thing, too. And I never really had words for it. But now they kind of do. Yeah. And like, I mean, I think ultimately with this podcast, we're going to be talking to several different uh, several different people about things that they've experienced. And the goal is for people listening to say like, oh, you know, I believe them. I've I've experienced yeah. something like that. Um, yeah, so we're all here with open minds and we're not here to judge anybody or to discredit someone's story or not believe them just because we haven't had it experience you know we haven't experienced it ourselves or we don't necessarily believe that that doesn't mean that anybody else's story is not true or and that and that's exactly the way i go into anybody telling me about things that they've experienced was how would i want them to react to me telling them about all the stuff that i've experienced i wouldn't want them to tell me that i'm wrong right and some of these people are like terrified or you know afraid to even share these stories and they're allowed to share them here where you know they don't have to be afraid of being judged or, you know, laughed at or, or whatever. So over the next season or however many seasons of this podcast we do, we're going to be talking to people about their paranormal experiences, things that they have encountered and believe in and have seen with their very own eyes. To the best of our knowledge, every story that we hear on All My Ghosts is true. So we're going to approach it as such. We're never going to try to discredit the stories that people tell us on this podcast because that's not the type of podcast this is. Join us next time when we talk to Eric's good friend, Eric Price, about their experiences exploring the very haunted grounds and cemeteries at Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. All My Ghosts is a product of Dead Oaks Productions. Music in this episode was Creepy 3, written and performed by Nicholas Crittney. For more information, find us on Twitter, at AllMyGhosts, or... Find us online at www.deadoaksproductions.com.